feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled TIFF review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, it's TIFF, or at least as we're recording this, the eve of TIFF. Tiff Miss Eve. You yep. love it. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've talked about this in a couple other reviews that we recorded. Spoilers. But um, my favorite time of the year, our favorite time of the year for this show, we'll be covering the entirety of the 2021 Toronto International Film Festival right here on Untitled Movie Reviews on podcast services, as well as on the Untitled YouTube channel if you want the video version of all of our reviews. So you guys can head over there. But yes, today we are reviewing Eric Warren and Tahir Rana's uh, Charlotte, which is an animated film from Canada, Eric. Yes, with a uh, all-star voice cast as well, uh, with uh, Kira Knightley in the English dub voicing uh, Charlotte Sullivan, who is uh, or was uh, a painter, uh, a German-Jewish painter, um, at a time where uh, World War II was on the cusp of happening, and we see that this character um as you know she experiences the war but not only that you know love and sort of coming of age at a time of great tragedy and fear and and i think yeah. that that's you know what the story is trying to convey and then also you know spoiler alerts for people that don't know charlotte solomon's story is that her works her life work her paintings are as it's mentioned in the post credit scene, what would become or what would be known as the first graphic novel. And yeah, so essentially it, she illustrated moments from her life. And if you look at them in order, it kind of paints a picture uh, of what she experienced during this time. So a lot of people say, if you put this from in chronological order, it is the first graphic novel, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and again, you know, normally when you have these true stories, the post credit scene is like usually, the postscript. Yeah. The post, talking. yeah. The post script yeah. scene is usually the one that it just kind of feels like, okay, this is just excess to kind of give you you know stuff that you could read on wikipedia or, or we didn't or, want this to go on too long so we need to tell you what happened yeah but i found it the opposite in this situation where we see um charlotte's father and stepmother having survived uh the war back in in, in berlin germany in archival footage in archival yeah. footage talking about these paintings to be the most emotionally affecting moment of the yeah. film and that's in the last like minute before you know the credits roll uh, and do you think that disconnect comes from just to jump right into yeah. it, that it's an animated film or that it's an yes and retelling? no because there are animated movies like graves of the fireflies that hit you so hard emotionally that it doesn't matter i mean an interesting thing flea which we covered at this uh which is different because it is a documentary and animation in, right in one thing but but it is also you know and and speaking like just like what's going on right now in in mm -hmm. world events with cabal and and sort of you know people yeah. fl literally fleeing for their lives and leaving afghanistan um yeah i i think part of it is the animation style it there's there's something in the way that the the body and the face move it's almost like there's this weird smoothing effect on it that kind of removes you from the emotional investment that you're supposed to have in the characters. And then on top of it's that, very clean looking like with thick lines in, in everything. And it almost like looks digital to 
like not in a CG because it's 2D. No, it's like, been enhanced though digitally. Yeah. Like it's almost like with like a lot of stop motion animation nowadays where like they're cutting corners by adding sort of like, you know, doing the 3D printer thing by printing yeah. out multiple faces and not necessarily kind of following in the traditional footsteps mm-hmm. in order to make a movie because an animated film is really, really difficult to make. There are so many moving parts and yeah, also when it comes to funding. And, yeah. yeah. And, and, and we were even talking about it before we recorded, you know, this is a, a Canadian production and there are a lot of smaller companies that help sort of put this thing together. So you have to, you know, respect that, a lot of work goes into something like this but looking at it from the perspective of just a story a narrative i feel that it's a little too simplistic and predictable in what you'd expect a prestigious drama to be and sort of what makes it special or stand out is that it is animated because if this was a live action film I, i feel like it would be kind of a very um generically told that's story. I mean. a story that you know while very uh, inspiring and important and um is something that i feel like we've seen many many times on film um and you know the difference here her you know life being a painter and and finding her paintings and it becoming you know the first ever graphic novel i think is an interesting tidbit to go okay let's make this into an animated film but i i, I agree with you that it is very simplistic in its storytelling and very linear and then i had some issues with kind of the time jumps throughout the movie as well, where I feel like we have these little snippets of her life because essentially they're kind of adapting each painting that she's kind of, not each one, but different ones from her life where they show you a moment or an important moment in her coming of age that um, I felt like it jumped around almost too much to the point where it started to get a little confusing to me, even though it was very simple and linear that how long we would stay in a time period and how far they would jump ahead and which moments got a big trend. There's some moments in the movie where there's like a big animated transition where it would actually show her paintings full screen that are kind of being digitally almost like uploaded, right? Like into completion. It almost looks like water paintings or something like that. Like you put like a piece of paper over top of the image, but like it's, it's, it's like coming into uh focus or like to me it almost took like if you if you're familiar with photoshop or other things like that like they almost split her paintings up into layers and they would like fade in the layers on top of each other until one of her paintings were complete and then there would be a time jump after that so they were almost used as like segment like breaks in in each segment and then there would be a title card that says sometimes it would be a date and sometimes it would say three months later. So like, I felt like there wasn't a consistency in how it was portrayed or laid out um, that I could completely go, all right, why did that one get an animated transition and say X amount of months later, but then that one didn't. And then it said a date. And then like, you know, your frame of reference is everyone's familiar with world war two and kind of the time period that it took place in. Um, but I feel like it didn't do a great job with how it was laid out to kind of have that flow of time. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, and, and also mm. where it sort of pinpoints moments because some of those transitions, it can be, you know, months or years, but then other times it can be like a few days or a yeah. few weeks. And I know that like, again, it's, it's chronicling a, a, a life lived, but it's doing so in a way that kind of feels like it's taking away from not only those moments, for, but from the transitions, like the transitions don't necessarily have that great of an impact when you're doing it for like, okay, three weeks later from this, you know, yeah. previous event that's 
kind of key to the character. And then also, like, I think some of the voice cast takes me out of the movie a little bit, especially with Kira Knightley, because like when Kira Knightley's character says that she's just, you know, a German Jewish girl trying to live her dream in a time of, of war, it's like you have a British actor whose voice is her voice. It's, it's a British accent. It just, it feels a little bit weird. And I know that like, that's maybe nitpicking considering like a lot of world war two movies have always had, you know, British actors playing German and stuff like that, but like for, especially being a Canadian production. So they made it in English and French, but like, I'm totally with you that like, it does take me out of it a bit when um, things in the background are in German and you'll have translations come on screen, but everyone is speaking English. Uh, Some people with German accents, some people not some with, English accents and and different things like that. When you have a Canadian production with, you know, UK actors and stuff like that, that it's just like, it, it, it just threw me out of it. And I would have preferred it to all be in German or something and cast great, you know, German actors and, and have it subtitled or something like that, that like, or at least maybe a third version, if they're doing a French and English version, like if you really, cause I know, you know, Disney's done it with the studio Ghibli movies and different things like that. There's always an English dub of an animated film. because And there is a French dub here. Yeah. With yeah. Marion Cotillard doing the, the Charlotte character. But then that's the what French I mean dub. of like, why didn't not focus on a, you know, a German and, and French. Cause some of it takes place in France as well. Yeah. Um, that, why not do that version and then have an English and, and French version if, you know, and give people the choice, but the, the original version I believe should be in. Yeah. And it's my pet peeve, even in other, you know, world war two movies, like you just mentioned too. Like I just really, uh, I don't like when just everyone speaks English just because it's easier for audiences that way. And I just feel like that's kind of a cop out a little bit. And I feel like, Uh, And maybe it turns some people off because they don't want to read subtitles and things like that. But then with an animated movie, I feel like you could have easily, I know it's, you know, a a small Canadian film and maybe you don't have the budget to do that. And you got to focus on who your audience is going to be, which is mostly French and English Canadians. And also getting Um, people to see the film, because if you have Kira Knightley's name on the poster or like, you know, advertising her as one of the stars, that's that is a draw but you mentioned you mentioned flea though yeah and and that's another perfect example where you know that is not an english speaking documentary like that that's and and that's taking a risk but it's doing so and you know there are rumors Mm -hmm. that there is an option for an english dub with which i'm fine with to give people the option to make it more accessible but your original version i think especially when you're telling you know an important story about a german jewish girl that like have a german do the voice for it and like or it be in german to be faithful to her story where i feel like you're kind of you know um i don't know i just i i don't i'm totally with you that it's distracting throughout the whole thing i think yeah i think the best stuff in the film you already mentioned it that that a lot of the second half of the movie takes place in the South of France where, um, you know, Charlotte goes to live with her uh, grandparents and you have Jim Broadbent who is, you know, again, it's, it's a very kind of hammy performance, but at the same time, what I like about the character is he's not a very nice man, but at the same time, you, 
empathize that he's lost a lot over his life and that part of it is due to, you know, mental illness within, you know, his wife's side of the family and having experienced so much loss. Um, and that's another thing that I also do think is interesting that it does tackle mental illness from the perspective of, you know, old age. And I think that yeah. that's something that's not really talked about a lot in terms of this time of, period as well. Yeah. In terms yeah. of like, you know, a stigma in general, mm-hmm. mental illness, but especially in, in older generations, um, because that's just like, okay, well, there's nothing wrong with me or it's just, you know, better left unsaid. Um, but the relationship that Charlotte has with her grandfather is one that is not, it's it, it you think, okay, like in your classic stories, like there's going to be some sort of moment of reconciliation yeah, yeah and yeah. and and it never gets there and and i think that that's the strongest it goes stuff to some darker film. spots which you wouldn't necessarily i mean obviously it's a it was a dark time period and some awful awful things happen and that's uh represented in the movie but it, it like you said when it touches on mental illness and stuff like that it went to some areas that i wasn't expecting and i think that's that's good in the movie um tackles that head on and um i think does a pretty good job at that and like i don't think there's necessarily like you know we had some things of the voice cast and and maybe the animation wasn't our favorite and things like that but the movie itself is mostly you know perfectly serviceable like it, it's it's totally fine i don't think it's awful or anything it's just i think it's a um pardon the pun but paint by numbers kind of world war ii sort of biopic uh kind of thing where you know there's nothing egregious uh there but i don't think it did anything to uh you know necessarily go oh you gotta see this yeah i'm i'm completely on the same page with you and and it's one of those movies where you do root for it because this is a story that is emotionally devastating at the end of the day, but you feel yeah. it the most in that postscript sort of archival footage, footage reveal yeah. and, and ultimately what happens to Charlotte and, and you know, you know where the story is going, especially mentioning the frame of reference with the historical aspect. And when you get there in the narrative that's being told in this, animated movie you still again don't feel it as much as you do with the text telling you what happened like when that moment happens with you know the text in the photo and you know the the fate of the character the fate of the person that's the moment where you just have that you know deep breath of we lost yeah like imagine what the world would have been like if she was still around you know totally yeah and what a shame it is that you know, like her and so many people were, you know, eradicated and, and wiped off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, again, you want to really appreciate the film and, and especially with its praising mm-hmm. of the work, but I almost feel like the work itself is still more interesting than the film depicting the author. I agree. No, I totally agree. Uh, I'm gonna I'll I'm gonna give it a three out of five like I, I again I think it's um perfectly okay um but it didn't do anything uh, more than that for me yeah I agree I, I'm also gonna give it a three I think it's perfectly fine I, I think there will be a lot of people that will like the film I think it is yeah very accessible you know again maybe with the, the exception of the animation because I can I can see some people looking at just the animation in general and 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 saying like oh I'm just not interested in animated movies as as 
you know, a, a normal thing. You know, some mm-hmm. people look at an animated movie and even if it's a film that is dealing with drama that's not for kids, they still call it a cartoon. This is yeah. not a, a kid's movie. It's no, not, no, no. It's not vulgar or dis- disturbing kid, in that way. It, you it, could show it to a kid yeah. if, if, I mean, there's some dark stuff in there, but I don't think that there's anything they shouldn't watch. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. But um, okay. Thank you all for listening or watching. Uh, Eric and I will be covering uh, basically as much as we possibly can over the next couple of weeks at the Toronto International Film Festival. So you can get all those reviews over on podcast services, on Untitled Movie Reviews, or right here on YouTube uh, on the Untitled YouTube channel. Uh, If you want a one-stop shop for all of our reviews, all of our social channels, all of the YouTube videos, everything, head over to our Letterboxd HQ uh, where we will be, we post everything over there. So it's untitled underscore movies over on Letterboxd. Uh, Literally just go there and you'll find everything you need for our channel. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Stay tuned for more TIFF uh, reviews. Cheers, everyone.